This is Josh Sumby, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Egg Services in Drayton, North Dakota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Egg Services, providing solutions for your success. Good afternoon, Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Whitney Pittman and Tyler Donaldson. El Nino has peaked. World Weather Incorporated Senior Ag Meteorologist Drew Lerner says the effects have not been as drastic as expected. El Nino uh, was expected to be a, an aggressive event that would leave a lot of the tropics in the world with drier than normal weather. There was all kinds of forecasts early in the year that this El Nino was going to be very intense and was going to have a big negative impact and that sent the commodity futures markets running wild. I think we saw highs in the sugar futures markets. We saw the same thing with cocoa. And in retrospect, this El Nino has certainly not lived up to what everyone was concerned with. And many of these areas I just mentioned actually ended up with a relatively good distribution of rain. World Weather expects a weakening El Nino should bring moisture to the northern plains. should be able to help us get a couple of rogue storms to work their way through the region especially after El Nino's had a chance to weaken for a few weeks. So I'm thinking late in the winter uh, and early in the spring, we ought to do better with precipitation across the region as this event becomes fairly weak. Now, in the nearer term, we may get a couple of weak little systems that will kind of tease us a little bit with a little bit of light moisture. I don't think anybody will complain too much about that. But the, the bottom line is that I think the window of opportunity for better uh, finish to winter and start to spring is, is relatively good for a lot of us. Brazilian farmers are delaying fertilizer purchases for the upcoming corn planting season. While the forecast is more favorable, drought has impacted these decisions. Soybean harvest in the country is already delayed. Mosaic told Reuters that they expect safrina corn production to decrease by 12% for the coming crop. USDA's Risk Management Agency is hosting a series of workshops for livestock producers called the RMA Roadshow. RMA Administrator Marsha Bunger says this roadshow is all about education. While livestock products in the last couple years have grown exponentially in usage, there still seems to be quite a bit of areas of the country that are not as familiar. So what we plan to do with our roadshow is not just focus on one product, but a whole cadre of products around livestock and giving the public, particularly the livestock grower, crop insurance agents, more information information just to make sure that everyone is aware of all of the tools that they can have in their toolbox. For this region, RMA has sessions January 17th at Fort Pierce, South Dakota, and February 27th in Worthington, Minnesota. Virtual events are also scheduled on January 8th and 17th. Great yields to bring the year to a strong end for sunflower production. That according to National Sunflower Association Executive Director John Seinbachen. Well, you know, right now, you know, the crop that we had this year, we had, you know, yields are excellent. Uh, in fact, in a lot of cases, they were above expectations. You know, our acres are down somewhat from 2022, but we had a, a huge boost. We had about a 30% increase last year, and so this year they were cut back a little bit. But, you know, overall, right now, the market is sitting on really strong seed supply, and that's kind of being reflected at, uh, you know, the prices that the guys are seeing at the crush plants. Sandbachen says the focus going into the new year will be on the farm bill. We're going to be very active in the farm bill once that gets going again after the first of the year. Uh, we have been very involved throughout the whole process. And, you know, for us as an association, we want to 
strengthen crop insurance and you know look at something like that would increase the subsidies so so that producers could buy a higher level of coverage. Um, we're also looking at enhancing the reference prices. You know, when you when you look at where they're at today, you know, they really don't reflect, you know, what what the market is is offering. And so we that's also a number one priority for us. And then along with our our breeding initiative, where we're trying to, you know, get some funds to really ramp up sunflower breeding here in the U.S. and you know have better hybrids available. NDSU Extension held their Getting It Right in Soybeans webinar today. NDSU Extension Cropping Systems Specialist Greg Enders says their studies on biologicals have shown no impact to yield. Statistically, no response or no difference in yield amongst all of the treatments. How about in 23? Uh, story was the same. They will continue to work on research in the future. There's a numerical rating here, but... Um, statistically, there is uh, no difference in yield response amongst the treatments that were tested. And so um, we've done some fairly extensive testing across the U.S. with, with selected products, and we're having a difficult time seeing a, a, a clear yield response with these. Supply chain issues in the Red Sea may be adding some pressure in the corn and soybean markets. Total Farm Marketing Market Advisor John Heiberg says traders are mostly just keeping an eye on headlines as markets seem to move past events quickly. You know, it's still a small portion, but again, it's another logistic that comes into play between that, the Panama Canal, the Mississippi River, and again, like I said, the Mexican Railroad you know, crossing situation that's come together. Those are just not positive things here for the grain markets in general just because of the disruption or the added cost of, you know, world transport. So the, the Red Sea issue is probably a little smaller. It caused a pop in the crude oil market yesterday, uh, but, you know, so far the market today has kind of moved on past it, maybe more of a wait-and-see mentality. Heimberg anticipates choppy trade through the end of the year. You know, obviously it's getting to the end of the year, so price trade gets a little bit more choppy as volume becomes lighter. Could see some pretty good price swings because of that. Just not enough players to step in front of the market one way or another. You know, so we'll see how that all plays out as well as just squaring up going into the end of the year by the managed money positions. So, you know, a lot of volatility, but we'll see what 2024 has to offer, you know, when we turn to calendar. John Deere is investing $36.5 million in a tech development center in Brazil. This is Deere's first testing center in the world for tropical agriculture. South American weather will continue to play a large role in soybean markets especially. Progressive Ag Marketing market analyst Brian Strumman says the forecast is favorable. Argentina's had, had rain and they're in pretty good shape. Southern Brazil's maybe too wet, but uh, you know, when you look at central and northern Brazil, uh, January is a critical month uh, for soybeans, and especially Brazil, and uh, we're moving into that time frame. So weather's uh, playing a big part in that market, and <clears throat> again, rain in the forecast. Uh, we'll continue to monitor and, and see what materializes. Livestock will be watching for reports at the end of this week. We have a cattle on feed report Friday. We have a quarterly hogs and pigs on Friday. And we have a cold storage report Friday. So we'll see some positioning ahead of that. We'll see where the cash trades again this week as far as the live cattle go. Uh, they're expecting a steady to higher cash trade. And uh, the feeders, uh, certainly the the softer tone in the corn market uh, offering support there. And uh, you look at the lean hogs again, uh, we did have a higher cash market on Monday and in addition to the cutouts performing well, but uh, export demand's a big, big part of that and, and uh, just looking for some additional direction. 
With dry conditions this past year, white mold was not expected to be much of a problem. However, Corteva market development specialist Ron Geis says white mold was found in new areas. Because it's not a wind-moved uh, disease, it, it, uh, it survives in those little sclerotia in the soil. So we're, we're kind of trying to figure out, is it coming in our... Uh, in our manure, you know, say it's, it's, it's getting in the soybean meal and then going out in the manure uh, into the fields, or we're not quite sure how it's spreading, but the fact is it is spreading. So uh, step number one is make sure you have uh, good varietal tolerance. There's no such thing as, as resistance in the varieties. But then step number two, make sure you manage it well, and there's a number of management steps that you can take. Wider rows are recommended to help circulate air movement and prevent the disease from getting a foothold in the, in the crop. In addition, the spores are going to start to uh, spread in late June, early July. And those spores, when they land on the flower part, and then the flower part falls down the plant, will lodge where the stem and the, the leaf axle meet. That creates a disease environment. So, prior to that happening, we need to have foliar fungicide on that plant so that as that flower senesces, then the, the fungicide is there to stop the development or, or arrest the development of the disease before it gets a foothold onto that plant. Symptoms may not be seen until August, but infection happens in late June or early July. The first fungicide application is recommended when soybeans are in the R1 stage. Milk production in the 24 major dairy states totaled 17.3 billion pounds in November. That's down a uh, half a percentage point from November of last year. South Dakota had the biggest increase in milk production last month, up 7%. That was impacted by the addition of 13,000 cows to the state's dairy herd. Minnesota milk production dropped 0.7%. From November to November, Minnesota dairy cow numbers declined 3,000 head. The results are in for the National Corn Yield Contest. The top yield overall is 623 bushels per acre. Virginia farmer David Hula shattered his previous record yield of 542 bushels per acre. In the state contests, Al Fox of Cannon Falls had this season's best yield in Minnesota with nearly 339 bushels per acre. For South Dakota, Joey Waldner of Huron topped all all comers with 324 bushels per acre. Jamie Edwards of Adrian pulled in the highest yield for North Dakota at 319 bushels per acre. All winners will be recognized at Commodity Classic. Sign up is now underway for agricultural risk coverage and price loss coverage. Farmers can enroll and make election changes for the 2024 crop year until March 15th. If farmers do not submit their election revisions by the March 15 deadline, their elections will remain the same as what was done this past year. A Jeffers, Minnesota farmer is facing three years in prison for defrauding organic grain customers. This fraud case began back in 2014 when James Wolf allegedly purchased biotech corn and soybeans and represented that crop as organic when it was sold to a broker in Pennsylvania. Wolf's nephew, Adam Olson, was also sentenced to two years of supervised probation and 100 hours of community service for signing crop insurance paperwork claiming the fields were certified organic. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. 
Certified Angus Beef is working on a new program to promote beef quality assurance training as a way to, of appealing to consumers. Director of Consumer Engagement Kara Lee says this program adds to their sustainability message. As a brand, we have talked about sustainability with our partners for many years now. We know that word means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. You can poll 100 folks and get at least 99 different answers. But when we look at the ultimate consumer and when Cisco evaluates their ultimate customer, we see that cattle care is one of the top priorities they affiliate with sustainability. So Cisco actually approached us as a brand and said, we want to partner with Certified Angus Beef to make an investment in the farmers and ranchers who are behind the Certified Angus Beef brand to create a heightened awareness around beef quality assurance training. Certified Angus Beef hopes to help their producers share messages with consumers that otherwise don't get a chance. The individual one-on-one -on -one social media advocacy, if you will, is fantastic and we absolutely support that. And the reality is not everyone, like you said, is cut out for that. And we also, we don't have the opportunity. It's just not realistic to take every single consumer out to the farmer ranch. We're not going to back down on the educational programs we're already doing, but this is a way for us to communicate that in mass. Checking markets, higher prices for wheat, six and three quarter cents higher for March. Minneapolis wheat, seven twenty-eight and a quarter. Chicago wheat for March, five and a half higher and a thirteen and a quarter cent gain right now for March KC wheat. March corn down four and a quarter, four seventy-two and three quarters. January soybeans down fourteen cents at thirteen thirteen and a quarter. In uh, Winnipeg, January canola futures six forty-six fifty down uh, five bucks. Cattle futures sixty-two cents lower for February one sixty-eight ninety-seven. Feeder cattle January two twenty-two oh seven down one ten. Hogs for February down eighty cents. And the Dow right now is 203 points to the plus side. Checking the farm calendar, the South Dakota Pork Congress and Trade Show is coming up January 10th and 11th. Of course, that will be held in Sioux Falls once again. It's their 55th annual. And Potato Expo, January 10th through the 11th in Austin, Texas. The Red River Farm Network will have coverage. This is the Red River Farm Network.